Submission Coalition podcast number 70 with all-around badass Richard Cox. This episode is brought to you by you. (laughs) We want to thank you, uh, our listeners. You guys really have made this all possible. It's been fun watching and seeing how the uh, Submission Coalition has been growing over time and our listener base has been growing. Uh, Currently right now, we have listeners, obviously in the United States, but it's really cool to see that we have listeners right now in Australia. What's up? I guess what's down? I guess land down under. I guess for you guys, the UK, uh, Germany, Ireland, Canada, Italy, and I mean a whole slew of other countries that are currently listening to Submission Coalition. So shout out to you guys and gals. We do have a good 18% listenership from the female <laughs> viewers. What's up? And uh, but we want to say thank you to everybody because uh, currently right now we are non-sponsored and this you are the ones that make this possible. So uh, shout out to you guys and uh, hope you enjoy. There we go. Yeah, we we talk about it now every single time, but we had one podcast we did where we we did not record any of it. So forgot to hit the record button, and it was with like. Multiple world champion, Hanette Stack, somebody I tried to get on the podcast for forever. Yeah. And we didn't realize it till we were almost done with the podcast after almost a two hour conversation. Yeah. Horrible. And then, it was and terrible. She goes, hey, normally it says like recording. <laughs> we're like, oh, God. <laughs> That's horrible. It was terrible. <laughs> we won't do that ever again well congratulations on another great event at uh, combat night jacksonville yeah it was awesome i, I feel like right now somebody should be yelling Duval. <laughs> I, mean, I, was, I never thought that was like a real thing i didn't know where that came from and then we were watching was it the good place and they got a character in there who's supposed to be from jacksonville supposed to be from jacksonville and he throws it out there like like during certain scenes when somebody nice. references like the Jaguars or something like that, you know, he pops out with the Duval. Yeah, the energy there in Duval is awesome. They yeah. uh, they split their own for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So how did you get involved in MMA? How did you get involved in Combat Night? Well, so I always assumed, so in the beginning, I was just assumed that like Combat Night was your first. Then when we were doing an interview with Mitchell, He's like, he's like, yeah, man. First time I ever met him, I was a fighter. He goes, yeah. and and Richard was actually the the matchmaker for a different promotion. And yes. I was like, oh, oh shit. So, so uh, in MMA or or promotional stuff? Uh, both. Both. Well, uh, I got into MMA nineteen. I would say summer of ninety nine. Okay. I grew up uh, just a huge pro wrestling fan and football fan. And uh, when I started getting into some scuffles, I always liked the uh, the Steiner brothers. I don't know if you're familiar with pro wrestling, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Eric <laughs> so, Steiner and uh, he had the big, the big good. Uh, didn't one of the Steiner brothers become part of the Hart Foundation for a while? Um, no, it was uh, when they broke up, he was like a big Papa Pump or something. Oh, Scott. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I love those guys, and uh, to be honest, I loved wrestling, but uh, I was kind of a late bloomer, and the good Lord didn't bless me with the best genetics, so I was like, I am never wearing a fucking... Ooh, I'm so sorry. No, no, you're good, man. You're good. You're good. (laughs) I will 
I will never wear that singlet. So I chickened out of wrestling, but would obviously wrestle with my friends and stuff like that. But I love the Steiners anyway. I'll, I'll cut that kind of short. So when I did start getting in some scuffles, I would hit these belly to belly suplexes or German suplexes, you know? So uh, one day I'm at the video store back in the day when you actually had to go to a store and rent cassettes. Uh, I'm sure uh, some of your younger viewers are going to be like, what the hell is that? But uh, yeah. that was the best time of my life going to the video store. And I was in the wrestling section and I saw this ultimate fighting and it had the uh, the NC-17 on it. Yeah. yeah. So had had to get help with renting one of those. And uh, I watched that and was just mind blown because I grew up such a wrestling fan and a boxing fan. I didn't realize what uh, real fighting consisted of. So. I would just watch that for a few years when I graduated high school. Uh, internet was actually a new thing, too, in, like, right. uh, the late 90s. So I started looking up how to get involved, and I found a school in Valdosta, which is about an hour away from me. So I went over there and started training. And, uh, man, I just fell in love with it. I, I, I realized day one that uh, there is nothing else I want to be involved in. I just love it. I was consumed with it, obsessed with it. Always watching video, tape trading, Japanese stuff, Brazilian stuff. The right, first yeah. first jujitsu lesson I really got was uh, some VHS with uh, Marilo Bustamante and Mario yep. Spare. They couldn't even speak English, you know, but uh, yeah. there, you know, it's like, oh, you hold the wrist here. Oh, you underhook here. So we started learning that stuff and just working it in the, uh, in the backyard on mattresses they would just be these gross mass mattresses. <laughs> they got on and, and leaves uh weren't too educated on ringworm and things like that back right, then yeah we get out there and just for hours just try this crazy stuff that we had no idea what we were doing but uh finally we'll get to 99 now so then i started looking in the internet and i found a school in about austin that was about austin martial arts center with uh james corbett and uh he had just had a guy, Jonathan Wazorek, had uh, had actually choked out Dan Severn. And I was like, oh, God, well, wow. that's, that's the place for me. So started the journey there and just uh, never looked back. That's all I've done. Almost a quarter of a century now. That's insane. Yeah, my, my story is kind of similar, except about uh, about 10 to 15 years earlier. <laughs> so <laughs> Because yeah, I, I I grew up loving pro wrestling. We were California side, um, you know, and so uh, uh, like WWF and things of that nature, and uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, yeah. um, Tito Santana. Um, you know, the uh, uh, I remember the debut of Hulk Hogan when uh, when he first made his debut, and Andre the Giant. I actually used to go to live events up at Arco Arena. Now I don't think it's Arco anymore. It's uh, but the up in Sacramento used to go to live events up there to go watch, uh, watch pro wrestling. And then me and my buddies would, uh, like one of the guys, they, they, they did up their garage to be like a spare living room. And so mm -hmm. we'd go out there and we'd push the couch, you know, push the, push the couch off to one side. And I like, we, we're going to do like, uh, you know, like off the top rope, we grab all the cushions from the, uh, from, and hold them out in front of you and jump off the back of the couch and splash on top of the person below <laughs> I mean, that's that awesome. Was, uh, that was that was in the uh, uh, early to mid '80s when uh, when I was doing that stuff. But uh, we used to have, we used to have a blast, you know. 
yeah, that was that was my whole life was uh, pro wrestling. But then when I when I saw uh, little ass Hoist Gracie just handling people, I was like, what is this? Now, in the very beginning, a lot of people thought the UFC was fake, just another yep. pro wrestling, like a you know, like what do they call it? strong style in the in the Japanese. Right? I mean, like a like a strong style pro wrestling. They thought it was fake. They didn't think Man, it was real. Do you remember, uh, do you remember the Japanese league? It was like uh, UWF, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was like half pro wrestling, half strong style. Right. Well, because that's that's I that. I started questioning it a little bit. But Sakuraba uh, came from that that strong style where it's like real right. techniques, mm-hmm. just done for theatrical embellishment. I mean, but it was real. Yeah. I mean, were, like you watch some of the the wrestling moves and watch like sleeper holes, and you're like, no, that ain't real. I mean, right. Once you start to learn like a, a true rear naked choke, you're looking at it going, no, no, they're missing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, that would never do anything. But then you look at some other techniques and you're like, no, that's, you know, when you do them on your friends, you were like, holy crap, you know, yeah. like, that actually hurt. That wasn't fake. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, and then, yeah, like Sakuraba, like I said, he came from that, that strong style Japanese pro wrestling. And a lot of guys made that transition. So I remember when, when UFC one and UFC two hit the scene, you know, a lot of people were thinking that that was fake, you know, that that was just a, a new type of pro wrestling trying to hit the scene in the u.s you know because u.s hadn't really seen a strong style you know wrestling I mean, most of that was was from japan you know and, and that, was, that was a big eye-opener once people uh the uh, patrick a lot of people come back to uh ufc2 when they watched pat smith versus scott morris that was like their eye-opener when they were like what the <laughs> I mean, yeah two two was actually the first one i ever saw Two, two is the one that most people refer to. Yeah. Um, like where I lived, there was like a late release because a couple months later, there one was on the shelf. And then I yes. watched. You know, and uh, two was brutal, though. Some some of those uh, those finishes, I was just like, wow. Yeah. And I, I, I think you're correct. I think two, I think two actually hit the scene before one. Like if, if you had seen yeah. one, you were in an elite group that had some access to stuff because yeah. i do think i do think the video for ufc 2 hit wide spread you know release before right. ufc 1 um because i remember that was blockbuster video for people out there that uh <laughs> yeah blockbuster was some of the best times of my life going to rent and wrestling or ufc or some video games on the weekend with the fellas yeah which it absolutely never- blew me away that Blockbuster had it and nobody else did. Yeah. I mean, that that was unheard of. I mean, because Blockbuster was like, uh, was you know, compared to other video stores that have that weird room in the back that you know, <laughs> nobody ever actually looks at, but you know, Blockbuster never had that. You know, Blockbuster was like the, the family video store. And, you know, right. And, 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 I mean, for them to pop up with UFC 2 was, you know, was pretty interesting. Yeah. Man, you're right about uh, it. That Patrick Smith, he he stands out the most. I feel like that was like, once I saw that, I was just like, oh my god, this is real fighting. Yeah, like, but like I said, that was that first fight, up. Scott Morris, Pat Smith. That was yep. that was the eye opener for a lot of people. Where and I 
remember being young, like, uh, you know, they would do the uh, the, the little uh, build-up right before the match, and they were just making it out like uh, Scott Morris was like a real-life ninja, you know? And I was just like, oh, yeah. my God, ninja. And then he just gets annihilated. Well, and, and, uh, and I remember uh, in the back of Black Belt Magazine and, and all these other Scott Bussey's Warriors International was like, you know, they would advertise all the time, you know, that they're looking for the baddest dudes. They're looking for, yeah. you know, for all this stuff. And, and you know, here's here's Scott Morris representing, you know, this this group that was, you know, you know, Black Dragon type stuff. Yeah. Know? And then I, I don't know what ever happened to them. I mean, they. uh don't either. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Of, I mean, obviously was was man uh because you know just the little bit of grappling pat had was it, it made it such such a dominant finish and then to see yeah. him over the next few events go against guys that really had grappling and it was real eye-opening like man if you just have a little bit of grappling it goes yeah. a long way uh but man, what an eye-opening thing, man! The, the, the where we where we are today, like U, UFC is just crazy. I literally I found this YouTube channel this Croatian kid's uh, putting out, and he keeps releasing the old UFCs and the old IBCs and Sengoku, just just old random stuff like that. And you just watch those guys' fights, and it's just like, man, I watched uh, some amateurs debut the other night that would probably win UFC one. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, and then that's the thing. Like, I've got a, I've got a box at the house that's all old VHS tapes. Of uh, I got lucky enough. My, my parents lived out in the middle of nowhere. Um, actually, we lived about fifteen to twenty minutes outside of Lock, uh, Lockford, California, which was when when they announced the Lions Den. Lockford, California, is where they announced Ken, you know, Ken Shamrock from. And so we, uh, I, I never trained with Ken or Frank. Um, okay. I, I have friends that did and friends that do and. You know, guys I went to high school with that we trained Taekwondo that became part of the original Lion's Den uh, team. But, uh, you know, but my parents got one of those big ass satellite dishes. And so yeah. early I was able to get up on a bunch of the UFCs, uh, Pride, you know, uh, the early shows uh, was the Extreme Fighting Championships. That's where uh, Bustamante and Mario Sperry and, and Conan Sylvia and those guys that's where they they kind of got their start from on that uh, the the U.S. scene. Obviously, they were fighting in Brazil prior to, to to coming to the states, but I mean that's their that's their U.S. launch, you know. And so I, I was able to get all that stuff, you know. And so for for the longest time, I was like I was like the the crack dealer, you know, for my local area, <laughs> you know, because I was getting access to all the stuff that nobody else was. Um, I was really into the tape trading too, man. So if I'd run up on a guy like you, it was just, uh, you could get all that old Japanese wrestling and where we lived, but you just, you, it, I feel like it was a year behind on UFC. Like, you know, you were probably watching like seven when I was watching three because it just seemed real behind in Georgia. Uh, which, which is interesting. Cause I mean, Georgia hosted a couple, uh, you know, yeah. In Augusta, they did a couple. Yeah. That was crazy. The first, uh, I remember the first time training with my coach James and him telling me about the first time he had met Coleman. And he was like, yeah, met Coleman. He was like, what a beast. Uh, 
and he was throwing everybody out of his locker room and cussing his wife out and punching and headbutting walls. And then he wow. went out, won a world title over Severn. So yeah, I'm sticking out and saying that Coleman was an absolute wild man. Well, we were we were in our area. Uh, MMA was illegal, so I mean, but yet at the same time, we're hearing you know, like again, we, we live down the middle of nowhere. And yeah. we're hearing from people that, hey, there's UFC qualifiers going on up in Jackson, California. Again, we're like, Jackson? You got to be fucking kidding me. Like, <laughs> ain't, ain't nothing going on up in Jackson. You know, Jackson's a, a nice town. Don't get me wrong. But, but, but they have an Indian casino. But, so that's oh, what. But, yeah. but, but a small, though. Small, I mean, small casino. At the time, it was a very small. The, the, I think they were either Miwok or uh, whatever. And, and so we're hearing this rumor that they're doing UFC qualifiers, you know, up at this, you know, the, the, you know, J uh, Jackson, the, uh, wasn't it rebel fight league? No, 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 it wasn't. But, um, so we're, we're hearing these rumors and then we're like, all right, we got it. Cause I, now the rumors being substantiated when her mom who works at one of the local hospitals, a doctor like, she worked with is their ringside, doctor. is their ringside doctor. And so oh, like, wow. we're, we're like, Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> This is like getting real. Like, you know, we're we're at, we're now substantiating something from reputable people. So we start going up there and literally they're they're doing fights in the parking, parking lot, lot of the uh, of the, the they have the, the this little hotel, real small hotel, but they would clear the parking lot, put a cage put in. the cage up in the middle, throw them at night, you know, on like a Friday night or a Saturday night, rent out the rooms of the hotel. You know, and I think it was either a two-story or three-story building. So yeah. that the, the 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 patios or the balconies would overlook the cage, you know, and that would get filled. The parking lot would be filled, and that's the first time I ever met Chuck Liddell. Yeah, um, was in that parking lot. Uh, actually, almost I, got no fight. Almost got no fight in that parking lot. <laughs> um, but it was in that parking oh lot. It was the first time, first time I ever saw Chuck Liddell. Uh, that parking lot was the first time I got to see uh, Vernon Tiger White, which was a guy I, I went to high school with and, and trained with. That was Ken Shamrock's first Lions Den individual. He fought in Pride. Yeah. That injury. I saw him fight uh, David Terrell at that uh, at that that Indian Casino, you know, in, in that parking lot. Um, you know, but you know, it was interesting because at this time period, you know, it's 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 illegal in the state of California, and so we were like. UFC's never coming here, you know, or like if, if the UFC ever came close, we were still looking at the UFC as like a East of the Rockies kind of thing that, right. that we, we just weren't going to get a chance to really go live, you know, unless we, uh, unless we, you know, unless something happened, like we were able to travel or, or they somehow came to, to us. So we just made the best of all the local events we could go to. Which are all at Indian casinos. All of Indian casinos. Yeah. But, you, but the, the law enforcement sometimes would, would you know, put up a, a show of force at the entrance of the casino trying to like drive people away. You know, like, like hey, we're going to arrest you. You're like, you have no jurisdiction. You can't, you know, but a lot of people didn't know that. And so some of them would just disappear. Um, then there would be the underground fights that actually would happen in somebody's gym or or something yeah. of that Smokers. nature. <laughs> Smokers, that's right. Well, truly speaking, I mean, a smoker only exists if if other non-smoker options exist. I mean, <laughs> other than that, it, it, it was a fight. So, right. Man, so how, how, some 
some of the early shows I used to go do in Georgia, uh, we would do them on military bases because kind of yeah. the same, uh, you know, is, is there was no jurisdiction from from the actual popo. Right. So right. You could get the base commander or whomever to sign off yeah. on it. You, you're golden. I mean. Oh, and they and they loved it. They loved yeah. to be to be like, don't tell us what to do. You know, <laughs> like we're yeah. if we want to. You know. Well, and that's like the whole thing because at, at the Indian casinos, it's you know because federal law is deferred to local, and at the, on the Indian casinos, they are the local law. It's the same as if they were the state of California. So mm-hmm. yeah, anything deferred to the state to the to the state level, they they were the ones that got to decide. Prize fighting oh. is deferred to the state level. You know, so, but now the other part though is a lot of people didn't uh, understand. They yeah. thought by going to tribal, tribal lands that they could get away with anything, and they didn't realize. I mean, the the, the tribal, the tri- police, tribal don't police don't play. Yeah. I mean, and we were at one of them, <laughs> and it was intermission or just before intermission, and. Uh, one of our friends goes to the bathroom and a bunch of porta potties yeah, or whatever. And he, he comes back, he goes, I don't know what's going on, but all the cops are stretching under the bleachers. Like they got their billy clubs out. Yeah. They're like going through a whole stretching. He's like, he's like, there's a dozen of them down there looking stretching. like they're warming up. They're warming up. <laughs> and oh. sure enough, intermission happens, and all of a sudden chairs start flying in the in the lower levels oh they just came out and just started leveling just people. billy club into the back of the, the knees like pop 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 taking no, my, people my, out my favorite this was actually a wec in lamore california at the <laughs> uh, uh tachi palace this is before zufa bought it crowd is probably about three to four thousand people i mean it's a big big group and you know the the commercials, you know, Dawn takes grease out of your way, and they show the little drop, and the grease goes. So we're we're up in the bleachers, and we see this chair like a frisbee flying like this, and when it hits, boosh! I mean, and then that was it. I mean, so chairs started flying, people my, started flying. My favorite was watching this dude. He's got this guy in the ground. He's got a chair over his head, and is getting ready. Takes a billy club right to the back, and just crumbles. Oh. I mean, like I said, they, they came in swinging and they did not care. I mean, that was uh, for, for the, for, for the, for like, especially for the WEC, because a lot, a lot of people don't know the WEC prior to Zufa buying it and then ultimately moving it into the UFC. But I mean, man, WEC. What was that other promotion? They used to always do uh, Tachi Palace as well. I know WEC, but there was another promotion ran there all the time. The, the, well, the WEC was running out of there and then Zufa bought it and moved it. They moved it to Vegas. And then uh, the, the Tachi Palace tried to rekindle those like fights kind of on their own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, which kind of did okay, but not the same as the original WEC. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, think about, I mean they, had, they had Frank Shamrock fighting there. Uh, they had Rico Rodriguez. I mean, that was like, like right now, everybody's talking about Bellator. You know, it's like if somebody, somebody's contract becomes, you know, whatever in the UFC, live and move over to Bellator. You know, yeah. Uh, WEC was kind of like that. You know, it's like some of the, some of the guys that were no longer in the UFC would make their way over to uh, the WEC as a headliner. You know, and like I said, they were getting live crowds of five to 7,000 people um, in the middle of a field. Yeah, I mean, it was 
it was awesome. I, <laughs> I used to love going to the WEC. Um, but, I had goodness out in California. There was so much cool shit out there. King of the Cage, and Gladiator. Yep, yep. Well, we, we used to say all the time, it was interesting that that in a state in which MMA was illegal, there are so many. We hosted events. more events than, <laughs> than anything. Yeah. Christian was going to, to events when he was like six, seven years old. Nice. Dave was taking him. So I, I got him to meet. Uh, so way, way, way back again, WEC. Uh, so I, I would drive three hours somewhere in there, maybe three and a half to get to the WEC. And uh, that's the first time I ever met the tap out crew. Um, with Charles Lewis and, and those yeah. guys. So the first time, you know, they're selling shirts out of the trunk of their car. A couple events later, they got a small trailer. A couple events later, they got this, like, you know, beat up RV, you know, hand spray painted tap out on the side, things of that nature. And so before, before they hit big and everything else, you know, I got pictures of uh, Christian on Charles' shoulders yeah, because I, I I was kind of building. I wouldn't say we were friends, but I was building a good acquaintance with him. I mean, hell, we used to sell tap out in the gym originally in California, and I would call Charles up and give him my order. I'd be like, dude, I want I want to get twenty of this shirt and twenty of that shirt. He's like, got you, brother. You know, and then you know the stuff would show up, and then one day I call up and somebody else answers the phone. And I'm like, yeah, I want to want to place an order. And they're like, okay, well, I'll send you an application. They're like, ah, fuck. I okay. was like, yeah. We're done. <laughs> I was yeah. like, application. So they send me the application. It's like, they want to, you know, you got to place a minimum order of like $1,000 a month for product. They want to see a picture of your, you know, I got a 1,200 square foot academy in, in Valley Springs, California. You know, yeah. I'm like. I'm like, I, I don't even sell a thousand dollars worth of merch, <laughs> you know, in six months. You know? Right. I'm like, but it was the bat symbol for the times though. I mean, it if, was, it really you was. You saw a dude rock and tap out. That was like the first uh, non-denominational, you know, cross enemy lines kind of thing that you could fly colors saying that you did jujitsu and MMA without stepping on anybody else's toes. Like it didn't matter. You could be in a whole new state, city, whatever. And if you saw a tap out, you just go, Hey man, where do you train? And, yeah, exactly. It and, really was. Yeah. It really was. Man, in, in the South, uh, I'll specifically say uh, like Georgia and Tennessee, uh, you would kind of get get the uh, ugly looks if you had the uh, tap out stuff on. You remember the one again? Excuse my language, but the uh, back just it's it just said like represent motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. So we we all bought those shirts. We thought we were gangsters, and we're <laughs> we're at this tournament in Tennessee. We're literally they they walk us out to this uh, this gymnasium. So you're like two fights ahead. <laughs> So you're waiting, you know, these guys fighting, you're waiting over here in the corner under the basketball right. to walk to the ring. And here comes the promoter with security. And they're basically telling all of us, we have to take the shirts off. Oh man. We don't have any other shirts. And they're just like, I can't believe you'd wear something like that. And uh, it, it's just funny how culture is different. I imagine if you were yeah. rocking California, somebody's just like, Oh, a brother in arm, but in uh in Tennessee, uh, when you're there to whoop the local boy's ass, they don't want uh, yeah. they don't want you wearing tap out. 
Well, well originally, originally their their website wasn't even tap out. It was inyourface.com. Com, I remember that. Yeah, so I mean, they weren't even rocking the. They didn't have the tap out website. And then when you would go to that website, it was all asses and you know and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, they were definitely uh, selling on a on a different different ideology. You know, I, I remember that video they put out. It was so weird. It was, uh, you know, just weird music and, yeah. and just Charles smacking a girl's ass in a bedroom and laughing hysterically. And then it's like cutting a somebody, getting their ass kicked. And it was yep. just like, yep. I don't know what's going on, but this shit's fucking cool. <laughs> well, and then, uh, uh, oh, fuck, was it, was it on the mat? Uh, used to put out yep. videos kind of the same. Uh, there, theirs would have stuff like, Matt Matt Byrne was the name of one video. I think there was another yeah. one that was like Ringworm or something like that. And it was to say the only theirs was more uh, uh, jujitsu footage, but intermixed with like travel footage of them going different places and guys like drunk and passed out on beds and people fucking yeah. with them and you know things of that nature. And then Tap Out was like the MMA version of uh, of that same thing. You know, they were crazy guys though, man. They were. They yeah, they 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 were. I've I've heard some pretty wild stories. Man, it's just it's weird where we're at right now. Just a little bit of stuff we're talking about. It's like, man, there's just, just a couple whole generations that have no idea what we're talking about right no. now. Yeah. Well, there's like tap out that shit they wear in like a WWE a few years ago. You mean like, tap out? I, I saw that at Ross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you said, that logo back then was just like, yo, you 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 were in like you were in the cult. Like yeah. those early days before it was mainstream and you could just buy it anywhere. Like you had to pick one of those shirts up at an event yeah. or met these people face to face to get this merchandise. I remember another big one back then. Uh, cause, cause I kind of liked them too. was like full contact fighter. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But Actually, you, it, I, I have the gang. It was either like, you're either a tap out guy or a full contact fighter guy. That's how it felt back then a little bit. I was both. But <laughs> I have a stack of uh, uh, I, I didn't I didn't realize like in the early days when I started training, we never we never took pictures. We never. Yeah. One, it was actual film. So people you know listening and things of that nature, they don't understand. Like, <laughs> digital didn't even exist yet. That came out later. So we didn't take a lot of pictures. We just trained. And then so I don't have a whole lot of memorabilia that really goes back. But then I found, though, interestingly enough, that once MMA hit the scene, apparently I was a fucking pack rat. I was like hoarding things. Like, I didn't even realize I was doing it, you know, because I, I used to like, like when, if I got like Black Belt magazine or things of that nature when I was younger, I mean, yeah. I'd read it. I'd kind of keep it, whatever. It was no big deal. I'd find stacks of grappling magazine, full contact fighter. Um, we still I, have them. They're in. I won, I won a full contact fighter contest. Uh, I'm trying to think of what year this was. It was early 90s. It was one of those caption contests. So I, I have uh, uh, somewhere, I have a, a full contact fighter hoodie, um, you know, and some other stuff. And I got a bunch of their, bunch of their, because they they were more like a newsprint, um, you know, style, like like physical hard copy. It was more like a news newspaper style. It um, was. There, there'd be results in there for like events know were happening but yeah. it would it's these amazing fighters like i i remember uh i was a huge uh pele fan uh jose landy john yeah 
And uh, I had no idea that these humans fought each other. I knew who Matt Hughes was. I liked Matt Hughes. I liked Militich's crew. And I'm read. I don't. It's, I feel like if you ordered something, they would send you like the newspaper would come with any merch you ordered or anything like that. And I remember reading these old results, like Japanese results, and then like yeah. there's a big picture, and it's uh it's Pele knocking out Matt Hughes, and I'm just like Pele and Matt Hughes. Right. Oh my god! Just like mind blown that these guys were fighting in like where I lived, we didn't even know about it. Yeah, it was, they were also the first ones that I knew of that had online results. Yeah, because there was there's full contact fighter and sure dog. Those were yeah. for me the two. And to be honest with you, I can't remember which came first. I want to say full contact fighter, but that may just be because that's what I saw first. I don't know if sure dog predates them, but like yeah. Jeff Sherwood and 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 those guys at sure dog, they were the first, uh, the first one to have uh, online forums. For people yep. to just have conversations. Dave got in some major conversations with people. Um, the, underground, the underground was was where it was at. Eventually, what it turned to is. Uh, but I, I loved Full Contact Fighter did something that none of the others did that I dug. They would typically like for pride, they would find the fighters a day or two afterwards and would get pictures in the lobby of the hotel or whatever of the bruising after the fight. You know, yeah, because some of the guys they would look pretty good. Like I remember one of them, it was Kevin Randleman pulling up his shorts to show the bruising on the side of his leg from the, from the fight, you know, the night before. And you're looking at it going, Oh shit. You know, uh, like, I think that was, would have yeah. been a big eye opener for some people, you know, to, to see the True. fighters the day. I mean, like see a person the day after a car crash, it's different than day of, I mean, that's when the swellings really kicked in. That's yep. when, you know, the real bruising has started to show itself, you know, and, and kind of like the real results. Everybody thinks that it's all just parties and shit like that. And most people had no clue the recovery that most fighters had to undergo, you know, yeah. post-fight. You know, yeah, they were riding the high that night, but. <laughs> Christian's first two title wins when he, he won the belt, we spent celebrating in the ER. Yeah. Well, one, one we thought was a broken jaw. Um, luckily, it turned out to not be. Right. Yeah, one we thought he broke his jaw. And then one, what was that one? That was a... Yeah, I can't remember. I don't remember. But I mean, I remember going through one time. I mean, I, 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 I did a hellacious day of fight, like marathon fighting, you know, jujitsu, full contact. I mean, and... I, I went out that night and had some beer and pizza and everything else feeling great. And then I woke up the next day and I couldn't wash my hair. And, and I'm telling Melissa, I'm like my head, I, I can't even move my hair. And she, she, she pulls my hair up and it's like the whole right side of my head black. is black and blue. <laughs> I, I took a couple of head kicks that at the time period, you don't, you don't feel that stuff. I mean, or if you do, you probably lost. But, you know, I didn't feel it and everything else. We finished out the, finished out the fight. You know, I went, I went undefeated for the evening and everything else. We're out celebrating. And then the next day, I mean, she's like, my side of my head's puffed out to here. It's all black and blue, you know, and everything else. And, you know, as I, I, I didn't wash my hair, you know, for like two days waiting for my, my hair to, to, or my head to stop hurting so bad, you know. That's brutal. And so brutal. what was, uh, what was the first event? that you uh you got a chance to 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 be a part of 
Man, so the first, like, uh, like as a fan or part or like just being involved, just being involved, being involved. Well, uh, like I mentioned, when I went to VMAC, uh, James Corbett was actually doing smaller events, uh, with IKF, like regional kickboxing tournaments. Okay. Yeah. And it would be an MMA fight sprinkled in or a grappling match sprinkled in. They were coming along slowly with uh with it in georgia there was really no jurisdiction for it there was a guy mike carlson uh he's like a, a like a dea or something like that. I, I said that wrong district attorney he really <laughs> got the, uh he really got the ball rolling to go ahead and legalize it and uh so i came in right as that was kind of happening so i was lucky to to kind of be behind the scenes and as it started in georgia uh, so I say he was doing his own shows regionally and his main fighter had just taken out Severn. So uh, it was really just working his events. They were IKF regionals. He had okay. the South, he had the Southeast region. They would, uh, so for you to go to the world classic or uh, whatever they call it nowadays, I call it a huge money grab. Shout out <laughs> taking people's money for 40 years. You go anyway. <laughs> I so I got I was just lucky to be involved with somebody who was really plugged in because coming where we come from it, it, like I said there's just there just wasn't much and like the stuff you're talking about I feel like we were always a year maybe two behind you know like we just we weren't with the times in South Georgia so luckily I was involved with them and uh I just was helping him you know it helped him uh whether it was uh helping him run a locker room or right you know, making phone calls or things like that. So I was just lucky to, to kind of get a little bit of education from him. And after a few years of training, uh, a buddy of mine just wanted to do a show. And I just walked up to James and was like, Hey, how, let's just say I had a little bit of money. How do I do one of these? And right. he kind of guided me down the uh, path to get going. And, uh, we kind of had a split eventually and I started my own school and I was just like, well, I want to do these shows. So man, uh, I, I cut my teeth. That's for sure. I cut my teeth <laughs> business because, uh, first few events I did ne never made money. Right. You know, just, uh, really just paying, basically paying for an education. Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of typical for, for a lot of the people is yeah. you know, most people, most people don't understand. I mean, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the dedication and everything else that actually started MMA, um, yeah. you know, that, I mean, it really goes to, uh, I mean, if, if you want to have an example of what a real grassroots movement looks like, yep. look at the, look at the success of MMA. Yeah. I mean, everybody holds up the uh, the USC, you know, and I mean, they're they're the big dog on the scene and everything else. But man, I'm telling you, the UFC did not the MMA did not get legalized purely by what the UFC and the Fertitas and others did. You're talking about tens of thousands of rabid martial artists yep. that that rallied, you know, locally in their, in their state, you know, and online and everything else to, to really make this. And I think tens of thousands is probably a small number. I think there are more that, 
that, yeah. but, 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 but the ones who actually got active in it, maybe tens of thousands, um, they just didn't have the voice, but they, they refused to be silent. You know, they, I, I, I remember going to California state athletic commission meetings when they were trying to decide whether or not to legalize it, you know, yeah. to, to go to that. I mean, I, I was a guy that would go to a blockbuster or something of that nature and organize the air, you know, the special interest area to put all the MMA stuff together, yeah. you know, and, you know, and things of that nature. And it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, all those people that, that I, I think truly made the movement happen. I mean, yep. The UFC just happened to be the big dog that, that got the, it, the nod. It's unfortunate too that, uh, and I'm guilty of it. There, there's just these thousands of people like you're talking about, uh, they're ne- they're never gonna get credit for the work no. they put to to make this uh to make this what it is. I mean, there was just so many people fighting for it, and yep, not not just your health, but you know financially, just yes. uh, just to fucking everybody lost work. money in the beginning. Everybody yeah. did just to be a part of it. Like I I remember so the first event, like I was just telling you that James kind of helped successful event. Uh, I wouldn't say it made money, but it, it, it didn't go to the negative. The second one, I'm on my own, just opened my own gym. This is my first promotion. And literally outside of friends and family, there may be being like 60 paying customers there. Yeah. And it, it was just like, man, what what am I doing in this shit? And uh, just I've got investors and friends, money, and I'm just like, what am I all this because I love this shit? Like, uh, right. I really, I really had to think about it after that event. But I just was sitting around one day and said, you know what? Uh, I just love this shit. I'm obsessed with it. Like, I, I don't, I don't know that I could live a life without it. So I was just like, you know what? If it makes me happy and I got to live in a dumpster. <laughs> that's what i'll do but i always want to be a part of it and uh yeah the relationship you build with the athletes and coaches too is just uh the camaraderie is just so great like i just loved every bit of it i i i've never felt normal in my life but the close the closest i've got to normalcy is being around martial artists being around fighters people that were like-minded you know made, made right. me feel like I know for a fact this shit's for me. Like this, this is the life for me. It just took me a long time to to figure it out where I could be somewhat successful or or at least be able to pay my rent. Right. And the same thing with the gym, because I, I hate to keep shitting on where I live, you know, but like I'm in South Georgia and it just y'all do that there fighting, fighting. You know, it's like, no, no, it's martial arts. It's just, I've been, I've just been defending it and explaining it my whole life. And it wasn't very accepted, especially, especially in South Georgia. Well, I was, I I was, I was small town. Now, granted though, uh, my, my small town, or at least my, we, we kind of recognize ourselves more by the county than we do by the town Uh because the town's not really a town. It's, uh, it's it's not a true township. Uh, Yeah. You know, there's no there's no police there's no fire there's no you know mayor there's it's it, it's it's you know it's a town by name pretty much only so we we recognize ourselves by calaveras county that's that's actually where we were from and hindsight looking back now granted i, I i've been in this stuff I've, I've been doing martial arts since 78 um and then my group started dabbling in what would later become mma 
before the UFC actually even hit the scene. And so when, when the UFC hit the scene, we were like, holy shit, this is, this is kind of what, what we're already doing. You know, yeah. Granted, we weren't, we weren't doing it to the extent of like, we didn't know jujitsu. We didn't know anything. We were, we were, we knew ground fighting was a legit thing. We just didn't, we just didn't have that technical prowess to, you know, to do that. I mean, we, we, we looked like, you know, morons, but, but this is, this is what we used to do because we were out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Then I started getting deeper into it when, when the UFC hit the scene and everything else, like I said, Ken, Ken Shamrock is in Lockford, California. Then my instructor meets Caesar Gracie. So now, now we're like, those are the two big names UFC one Gracie and Shamrock. And we're like, I got, I got partial connections to both. Now granted yeah. it was Caesar, not Hoist, but you know, it's still Gracie at that time. I mean, you didn't, you didn't care. Um, and so in, in our little town, actually the uh, lion's den was actually in Lodi, California, not, not Lockford. Um, and so we had a lot of guys that, uh, you know, our, our local legends that were basically kind of training in, you know, in both, so we were learning, learning the shamrock leg locks and things of that nature. And then we were learning Gracie jiu-jitsu and, and the like, and then the fights are going on. And I remember one day my son is, God, I'm trying to think how old he is. He's young, three years old, maybe four years old, somewhere in there. And my mom pulls me aside one day and goes, I don't agree with the way you're raising your son. I'm like, Ooh. what? I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, having him around these fights and around all this stuff, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's right. I don't think you're, you know, and so, I mean, this was, this was my own mom you know, kind of hitting me with this little nugget of, of, of knowledge, you know, and I'm, I'm just like, fuck, you know, <laughs> and, you know, now it's interesting because, you know, now, now he fights and they're all about supporting him for, for his fights. But in that, in that moment, and actually to be honest, I mean, uh, for a long time, that was my uh, local support was non-existent. So the whole time, we're, we're running our own stuff and we're, we're trying, you know, we're, we're going to fights and I got f fighters that are, that are doing this stuff. I mean, my, my own personal support system other than friends didn't really exist, you know, and it is, you know, the whole John McCain, human cockfighting, you know, and all that stuff. And I'm like, like you said, I mean, I, I'm having to try to explain it to my own family. I'm like, it's not like that. It's not, this is not what the sport, you know, is about. I mean, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, you take your lumps and there's, 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 you know, there's these, these things that are going on, but I'm like, it's, it's so not about that. The, you know, the sport's not about the brutality. It's, it looks brutal to you, but to those who are in it, it makes more sense to me than boxing does. Yes. Um, I mean, again, and it's not to take away from boxing. I was a big boxing fan, a big wrestling fan, things of that nature. But just from the logical side of it to me, to be able to make a person tap or something like that made more sense than to just punch him in the head until he can't take anymore, you know? It's beautiful. Uh, it sounds weird to say it like that, but it's the sport is, is, is beautiful, it's the truth. It's it's uh maybe one of the truest things uh, on this planet. Yeah, it's just so pure, you know. 
he it's just i i just loved it man and i just i it sucked to have to defend it so right. much oh so it's just like it's not what you think like they don't hate each other which i think yeah honestly i think it's worse now than it was way back then like back yeah. then it still was there was a lot of budo involved it was about yes. respect, and nowadays these kids that are making it they're talking about you know they're happy they're hurting people they want to right. you know they want to be disrespectful it's all about talking shit on social media and uh being cocky and flexing you know and like in our and day I, I, I get our honor it was martial arts i get the selling tickets i mean i get I that to an extent sure but when it's no longer about selling tickets fights are fights are over you're not selling tickets anymore so yeah. why still the hostility you know, yeah that makes no sense to me and then there's in my opinion there's always those certain lines like connor when he first started off I think he did a pretty good job of not crossing that line. Yeah. But then the problem is, is anytime you push the envelope, where does it go? You got to outdo yourself. You got to, yep. you got to outdo your last performance. Pushing um, the bar, pushing the bar. And then pretty and soon. Out, uh, your wife's in my DMs or I'm going to kill right. you. It's like, what, what are we doing guys? Right. And so now that's not. I've been making millions of dollars. Why the fucking hostility? What, right. what are we doing here? At the same time, it's also, I mean, while we're fighting each other or getting ready to fight each other, yeah, I get it, man. You're, you're selling tickets and things of that nature. But but everybody, including a bar, you know, including a fighter, when you clock out at the end of the day, yeah, you, you want to go back to just being a husband, being a father, being a whatever. You don't wear that moniker 24 7 it's not like hardcore rules you know if i see you on site it's on you yeah. know it's like you know pinfalls don't count anywhere like <laughs> i mean right you know you're I just, walking I can't wrap my mind around it like why it's why it's gotten that way that's crazy yeah, it, yeah it's gotten crazy like the you know i'm just saying connor specifically all the money he's made Dude, I'd have been sitting there with my broke ass leg and wouldn't have said shit about his wife's DMs. I'd have been just like, I just made 40 million. I don't Man. give a shit that my leg's broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good job. Well, and and I, I, I have conversations with people quite a bit where they defend Connor because of how much money he made. Um, you know, and and they defend the antics because they're saying, well, you know, he raised the bar for everyone. I tell him, I said, really? He raised the bar for everyone. Yeah. What's the, what's the starting contract? Yeah, exactly. Like, show me that that went up. Exactly. Like, if he raised All the bar. All the bar for, for was act like him and you might, you might get, you might get a little something. Right. So now, now and not because, I mean, to me, my, my product is number one to me. Combat Night's number one to me, and I'm not going to ever say that it's, uh, you know, less than what it is in my mind, but, you know, we'll have guys that, you know, have one or two amateur fights, and they're talking the same shit, the same dialect. It's like, dude, you're a one-in-one -one amateur. Right. Why are you talking like this? You literally are talking shit about selling tickets. Like, dude, I can pull up how many tickets you sold. You sold four. <laughs> You sold four tickets. Settle yeah. down, bro. Chill well, out. And, and, I want to kill somebody or bang somebody's old lady. It's like, 
relax, dude. It's not that serious. You're, you're like in high school. You ain't, you ain't even in college yet. Like you're in high school talking like this. Like you're yeah. not a professional. You're not making money. It just, it's what it did. Like you're saying that it set the bar and set the example. Hey, act like an idiot and you might get this stuff, but right. you know, you still got, you still got to have the skills. You still got to have the ability. And, uh, Man, Connor's just—it's so weird when you start talking about Connor. It's like because yeah, you gotta be honest. He—he he was protected a little bit too. Oh, big I mean, time! Big can't, time! Can't take away him ever uh, knocking Aldo out the way he did. That's the biggest win he's ever had, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but the fights to get him there, and even the getting him champ, champ—it was selective matchmaking. Well, the, the, the UFC, when it puts its marketing machine behind somebody, now obviously the fighters got to win the fights. But the UFC definitely throws opportunities to the people they like, regardless of yeah. who earned what. They, who, the one who earns it doesn't necessarily get it. You know, yeah. In, in the UFC, they definitely like certain people. Uh, I, I like to use Frankie Edgar as my, uh, one of my, my big, biggest examples of the UFC champion that they never wanted. Name, yeah. a, name a single person who had more back to back to back to back to back to back title defenses when uh and we were just talking about this the other day and so we pulled up his uh his record and it's like literally three people six fights gray maynard rematch gray maynard bj penn rematch bj penn literally back to back no time in between nobody six fights in a row three back-to-back tile defenses against the same people like tell me that's that's not them not wanting an individual in that seat demetrius johnson okay they never they never used the word goat until cejudo beat him yeah okay the word goat never came out of their mouth he was a dominant individual cleaned out his entire division but he was a quiet man. He would yeah. fight, go back to training. He wasn't the Connor. He wasn't antics outside the cage and, and everything else, but they, they wouldn't market it. And then Cejudo beats him and they're like, Oh man, Cejudo just beat the goat. Like yep. you're using a term you never used while he was champion. Yep. You never did. And now you want to throw it around because now you want to put that on someone else that, that will do your media. Um, and then, and then what Cejudo do? <laughs> he retires, <Yep. laughs> which I thought was kind of ironic, you know, that uh, when, when that all happened, but like, same thing with Jose Aldo. Okay. They took him on like, I mean, how, how long of a press circus did they, I mean, parade them around the world, Yep. which that was never Jose Aldo. Jose yeah, Aldo he was the, the most dominant fighter ever and never got to do anything like that. He was, so was the quiet all- guy. Yep. And then because Connor is about to fight him, they went on this whole media circus, which only yeah. favored Connor. I sure. Mean, it, ne- it never favored. I mean, it took Jose away from, from, from what made him him. I mean, but, and then they do, I mean, they did the same thing with Ronda. I mean, yep. There, there's only I, I think it's there's two USC champions that never actually fought for their belt. Ronda was one of them. She was given the belt 
before she ever had a fight in the UFC. You know, the, the WEC champions, when they made the, their, their transition, all had to fight for that first belt. Yep. Uh, I, I want, I'm trying to think of who, uh, who it is. It's either, I uh, know Ronda's one of them, and it was either Hendon Burrell or it was Jose Aldo is the other one. But there's, there's two people in the UFC that were champions that never fought that first vacant title fight to, still there? There we go. I thought I lost you there. Yeah, let me put. And yeah, the uh, the UFC, man, put a huge marketing machine behind Ronda. We're back. We're back. Okay, okay. If I do it this way. Hey, that works. I had to uh, plug in some power there all right sorry like said, obviously though the fighters guys still got to win the fight but opportunity certainly uh went to select individuals that uh yeah. you know that you you could tell who the ufc backed in that moment um For- and that's and that's one of those things i i tell people quite often it's like in my opinion okay mm-hmm. i'm just joe blow you know whatever but in my opinion you want to see real mma Go do a local show. Yeah. Go go watch local. Um, yeah. You know, I tell people that constantly that that like I said, I'm gonna have to defend the sport till the day I die. I realize that, but it's like before before you cast your judgment, like come to come to an event just once, just come to yeah. one with a with a clear mind and just watch it for what it is, you know, and and uh most of the time it works out pretty good, you know, like it's people realize it's not it's not what they think it is. It's not just people beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. You know, this is uh there's so much more involved. Well, as I tell people, like go to a local show, okay. Now in that crowd, go find me a casual fan, a person who's there yeah. just because they love the fights and they're not there because they know somebody on that card. Like mm-hmm. everybody there feels connected to one of the people that's about to step in that cage or ring. Yeah. Okay. So it's a different feel. When, when you go to a UFC and try, I mean, UFCs are, are, are fun. The energy within that room, but now what percentage of that room is actually connected to a fighter? Yeah. I mean, small percentage. Very small. very small, very small percentage. Yeah. Go to that local show. Like I said, now find me a casual fan. Almost 99.9% of every person in one of those seats is directly connected to, to one of the people in that cage. And that's a different feeling. I mean, that's a different feeling. You feel the win. I mean, the, the casual fan of the UFC when they just want a good fight, they like their, they like their person they're watching fight. They are, they want them to win, but at the yeah. end of the day, you know, they, 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 they really just want to be entertained. And when, when you're sitting in a crowd at a local fight and you turn to the person next to you and it's somebody's mom or somebody's wife, you know, mm-hmm. or there's some of these kids that they got somebody in there and you're going, Hey, uh, who you got fighting on the card tonight? They're like, oh, well, I've got so-and-so. I'm like, well, I'm here with so-and-so. And then I, I always made it a point, wh- whichever one I was at, 
I would tell them, say, hey, look, I'm like, you know, I would meet everybody in my area and find out who they were with. One, because I want to make sure I didn't talk shit on, on nobody right. that I didn't need to. Yeah. Because inadvertently, I, I'm also there to enjoy some fights. I don't want to say something about, you know, like sure. if, if something happens in the cage, and you're like, oh, shit, you know, so-and-so, you know, he's, he's not lifting, you know, he's not keeping his hands up or whatever. I don't want the people next to me getting mad. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'll tell them, say, look, I'm like, yeah, your boy's going up against this guy. I don't know this guy. I'll root for you guys. We'll, we'll become, we'll become for a brief moment. We'll become part of you guys. Yeah. You know, we'll, 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 we'll celebrate with you. You know, we'll, we'll cheer them on, you know? And like I said, and that's a different feeling, you know, that's a way different feeling, you know? And then in a win, you get to see their excitement. And in that yeah. loss, you get to see also that connection that, that to them, you know, that, that fight, it's, it's not superstardom, but it, it meant something to them too. Sure. You know, it, and that's, and that's, that, that's something most, I think is different. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the most rewarding thing about this. Like you're making some money is, is cool or having one of your own guys be successful is cool, but I can't tell you how many times that, fellas and and ladies have just they've just won an amateur fight or they didn't even win they were just a part of it they hit you up or they pull you aside and they hug you or shake your hand and they're just like this is the greatest moment of my life thank you or thank you for helping me live a dream and it's like what like yo that's insane that's just the it's the best feeling in the world when somebody comes to you just like uh or, you know, like, I mean, somebody's like an engineer or something. It's like, dude, you're an engineer. And you're saying that uh, this ass kicking you just took in a small amateur event is the greatest day of your life. Like, that's that's powerful shit right yeah. there, man. Yeah. It's the most rewarding thing. And uh, that that's the best of all this stuff is just uh, – or a mama or a daddy coming up to you and they're just like, oh, my God, thank you for letting them be a part of your event. And right. it's like, dude. Yo, the thanks is to you. You bought a ticket and your kids in there just got the shit beat out of them. Like y'all are the ones that did something here. I'm just lucky to be where I'm at. Like, right. but thanks because uh, it, it warms the soul when somebody tells you that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's why I like, but periodically, I mean, so I, I'm an individual who believes heavy in team. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I hate to say it. I've had some people that got offended that, that I, I, I push a team vibe and I push a team atmosphere and I push a team, team mantra and things of that nature. But I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, like if, if you're not into it, then Hey, you're not into it. But, but, yeah. but I believe you fight individually in the cage Yeah. and the choice at the end of the day, the choices you make in that fight are always yours. Sure. So, so you're, you're always doing it your way. You're always doing it, whatever, but never discount though the backing the the people that as i told them i said this, this is my idea of team who took care of your kids while you could go train tell me that person is not part of your team nope. if if you're younger and you don't have kids or whatever and if your parents were the ones who were giving you money or whatever to even give you the opportunity to maybe work a part-time job instead of a full-time job yeah. While you're living at home so that you can go train to do this portion that you that you love 
Don't tell me that they didn't sacrifice so that you could move yourself forward. So don't tell me that's not part of a team. You know, I'm like every single person that's on the floor usually has somebody else outside the gym that is making a sacrifice to allow that person to, 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 to go for their dream. Yeah. And then, then you have the actual people that are in there every day, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, sacrificing for their teammate. Some days it's by trying to kick their ass and other days it's by knowing that you're fighting in a couple of weeks. So it's my time to take my lumps, you know, so that you can continue pushing forward. And it's, you know, at this point, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to beat you. I'm just trying to be a good training partner. So I'm going to get beat up in this next week so that you can move forward. I'm like, so like I tell them, I'm like, my idea of team is a way bigger umbrella. You know, it's, a, it's not it's, just the people on the floor. It's it's everybody it, that makes it possible for those fighters. It's a, it's to a fight. way bigger group. I mean, it's a way bigger group. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I feel like uh, the person, and I know everybody throws this shit around. Where it's like the person that said, "Oh, this is an individual sport." Like you're an idiot. You're yeah, an idiot. You are. Believe that there's nobody gonna dominate or do well in this sport. That is just at their house hitting a bag. You can't roll right. with yourself. You can't spar with yourself. You can't right. do drills. It's like mommy's got to help. Daddy's got to help. Coach's got to help. Teammates got to help. Truly speaking, I mean, on on one level, they're correct. When when you step into the cage, okay. It is on you. It's on you. But knowing, though, how many people stand behind you to help you get to that point. Now, same thing. You can either show up for practice or not. That's on you. People yeah. can motivate you. People can call you up and everything else, but that's on you. You got to show up. Your team can only help you if you show up. That's right. It, should, it shouldn't be your team's responsibility to have to PM you every other day to say, where the fuck are you? Yep. You know, I, I love there's a, uh, there's a meme out there that says, if your coach is working harder than you, it's not your dream. It's theirs. Yeah. You know, so as a fighter, yep. if if your teammates have to ride your ass to even get you to show up, you owe them a lot. But it's also not their responsibility. If you don't show up for practice, it's not their fault. Yeah. If you don't show up to do the work, it's not their fault. If you come to practice and sit on your ass and decide to be a wallflower, you know, and and not allow people to push you and motivate you and things of that nature. You're right. That's an individual sport. That's on you. You know, individually, you fuck that up. Yeah. But when they are there to help you, that's a team. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're right. When, when they go into the cage, every punch, every kick, everyone, a coach can only give them truly a suggestion of a game plan Mm -hmm. of what they want to, you know, say, Hey, here's what I think would be a, a game plan to go into the cage. with. Now, how many fighters that, you know, either say, you know what, I agree with you and let's run that game plan. And how many fighters go in and go, fuck it. I don't like that game plan. See, that's, that's the part where they're right. When they step into the cage, it's now their choices. It's their way. It's, it's, it's hundred percent the whole time. It's their way. And yet their team is always there backing those choices yeah you know and that's where again because like you said nobody nobody got in there alone nobody 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 got to good, get good at grappling by themselves you can punch a heavy bag all you want 
that does not equate into any kind of skill in yeah. the ring or the cage. So, I mean, to an extent, they're right. I mean, it's an individual, yeah. it's an individual sport because they have to make their individual decisions and they have to hold themselves accountable to those decisions. But that being said, I, I love how y'all do stuff specifically. Like I, I'm a big, I'm a big team guy too. You know, like I, I, I feel like that's the best way. And, uh, I do, I do like these kids that kind of like they're Ronins, you know, they might train yeah. here, there, here and there, but, uh, you know, they realize what it takes, it takes team. I, I like watching your guys and gals fight because you can see that unity. You can see that, uh, there's actual love there. And like for you and Melissa, you can tell that y'all are, uh, you're truly invested in your athlete. Doesn't matter if they're pro or amateur. You can tell that that there is such a, a good bond with the Dark Wolf uh, guys and gals that fight. Like you just see it, y'all. I mean, y'all y'all a little loud too and boisterous, you know. But <laughs> we've been trying. But you can see it. You can see it. Like you, I, it's just an energy pickup. Uh, like bringing up that time, like uh, Anderson was getting stitches. All your people had fought that night, and the coaches, you know, you'd wrap six, seven guys' hands and long ass night, and 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 I'm I feel like y'all won like ninety percent of your fights that night, but it's like here's Shard getting these stitches, and everybody's right there with him. I remember that just stuff like that sticks out to me so big. It's just like yo, that's a that's not even a fucking team. That's that's fucking family, is what that is like. Easily, those guys that have just won come on. Like, well, I'm gonna go out here and, and talk right. to some young ladies. We'll go, get, go get this all this love from kicking ass a little while ago. But it's like everybody is just there, heads down. You know, even though y'all had won, like every other fight y'all had won except that one, and everybody just seemed so somber. It's like, man, y'all had like like eight people fight tonight. And you had one bad, one bad fight. It wasn't even a bad fight, you know, yeah. like. Dude fought his ass off. He just right. No, that was that was a hell of a war too. Yeah, everybody's just there feeling that. It's just like, man, you don't. That's special, you know. It's a. Uh, it's kind of lost. You know, I don't. I just feel like teams aren't tight like that. Uh, it's not the norm as so much as it used to be. So it's it's refreshing yeah. because, you know, it's just it's just nice to see honor and love and and unconditional. You know. It's not, <laughs> That was just that was a, that was a cool ass moment. I well, and like that. like one one of my uh, one, one of my that that was one of my favorite compliments that uh, yeah that 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 I I've, I've been given. And then there was another one. We were on uh, we were on the, the Tampa side, and someone came up to us, which is a mutual friend of ours, and came up and said, you know, hey, uh, we're uh, we're we're facing one of your guys tonight. And he goes, I just want to let you know that you know my team tried to pick my brain as to like like what what could we expect you know from uh from 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 our guy and he goes man he goes he goes all i could tell him is he goes they're all different he goes they're not cookie cutter they're not it's like each fighter is a little different you know some are heavy some are heavy strikers some are great grapplers some are a little bit of both and everything else and kind of going back to like it's always like like that's the thing it's like I, as a coach we're there to help the fighter yeah. you know i'm never there to dictate to the fighter to say this is how you're going to fight never works yeah. that way 
you know, like these are your strengths. This is what we're going to, we're going to try to build your strengths. And then we're going to try to, to, to backfill your weaknesses to make you stronger in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But, but we're not going to come in and go, okay, everybody. Uh, we know you're a striker, mm-hmm. but your team back, you're going to be a grappler. You're going to be a grappler. You know, <laughs> it doesn't work like, that way. Yeah. Well, and we're, and we're only going to run Kimoros and, <laughs> you, know, you know, and things of that nature. And so, you know, it's one of those things. And like I said, it was, it was really cool with that one guy when he's like, he's like, yeah, he goes, they're all, they're all different. Cause I mean, I've seen some groups that I, I hate to say it, they are cookie cutter. When they go in, they, they believe there's one path to victory and you can, yeah. you can watch it. They're, they're just a mirror image of, of their coach or they're a mirror image of whoever's the best in the gym. They're just, you know, let's re let's redo that footprint. Let's redo that blueprint mm-hmm. and see if we can, you know, recreate magic in the bottle. That'd be hard to do with Christian. <laughs> Well, but I believe Nobody fights like Christian. But but that's what I I, I believe true. so strongly though that it's that individual spark that that's the true fighter, not the yeah. techniques they use. It's yeah. it's that individual spark, and 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 if you just shut that, if you shut that spark down, you know, and tell him to be something that 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 doesn't light that flame, I don't, I don't think you're going to get very good get get good work out of them yeah you know, you know and so and, that, and that's those things it's like i said it's like individually you are an individual 100 percent. but here here's my best so what good is a rock band if we all play the same instrument yeah i mean if we go in and we all play bass guitar it's going to be not really the greatest ensemble of you know you go to a symphony and imagine it's all flutes yeah. You know, you, you need diversity. You need each person's got their own flair to it. You need some drums. You need some, you know, and and when you do, the music that can be made is amazing. So it's it's a it's it's a fine line of them being an individual and yet becoming an integral part to a symphony, an integral part to a team. Yeah. That you could pluck any one of them out individually or you can put them together and make something even, even greater. Yeah. I mean, and that's. I, I personally have never had success training somebody and trying to mold them a specific no, way. No, it just no. doesn't work out. You, you have to, you have to plug into their strengths and kind of, you know, connect with their vibe, their style, because. Right. No, at the end of the day, we're all like humans. We're we're not going to do anything we don't want to do, right? And therefore, you're not you're not going to put in the 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 right effort to to master it if you're not feeling it. It's just like right. just let let that clay kind of mold itself. Let just that light shine, right? I mean. And it's just uh, it's nice to see that. And that's a that's a good point you bring up about your camp specifically. Everybody is kind of different. Oh yeah, we got some that individuality. are. Yeah, we got strikers, we got brawlers, we got yeah, rest, heavy duty wrestlers, and yeah. then we got a select few like super slick jujitsu players. Hey, I I want to point out too, by the way, uh, Alex the other night and Tim. Holy shit, what's happening with these young kids? Both these kids are oh like, oh my god, I know they're like we so do- young. They're like le- they're both of them have less than two years, a hundred percent training. Yeah. And yeah, Alex that only has three like, months. Alex has only been training for three That's months. Crazy. I know Tim's maybe maybe at a year. Yeah. Maybe. But and just watch 
guys that, that haven't even trained that long, the, the performances they put on, I was just like, this is insane, man. Oh, like, my God. The- Alex was so – I mean – Excited. Okay, I, I, in training, oh I, I use the term a kid at Christmas all the time. It. I'm like, because that, that's what I want fighters to feel like. When it's fight day, I want to feel like a kid at Christmas. Okay? Yeah. The nerves, nerves for a kid at Christmas, it's not a negative nerve. It's, right. it's an excitement nerve. It's like, ah, fuck, I can't wait. So we're in the back and, and he's getting ready to, to go through the curtain. You know, virtually, virtually every fighter we've ever had and most fighters I've ever seen do their walkout. Face first, right out the curtains. He's sitting there and he's getting his vibe going. He turns around, smiles, smiles, his hands come up and he backs his way through the curtain. (laughs) I was like, at that moment, I mean, I literally, I I got like goosebumps. I was like, I was like, holy shit. I'm like, that was, that was a moment for me. He was having so much fun in that fight. Too much fun. But he was having so much fun in that fight. So entertaining. Oh my God. If we can get a little, they were talking. Kid, it great. I mean, he's going to be ridiculous. To to yeah. to 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 add direction to that lightning is going to be, be monstrous. It's going to be so much yeah. fun. I mean, <laughs> we knew going into it that Alex was going to be explosive because he is in the gym. He's just yeah. like a little bundle of explosive energy all the time. Um, I mean. But yeah, that was. But yeah, I mean, watching his energy and the like, I I wasn't expecting the smack talk. Nope, I wasn't expecting. <laughs> it was awesome. He was he was having so much fun in that fight. And like I said, it's like it's like that that explosion when it went off was so awesome. Now now to be able to funnel that and, and direct, and direct and get it, it, get it just tighten I mean, up. It's gonna be so much fun. I mean. The next fight's going to be really fun for him. I can't wait to see that guy fighting here. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, I mean, that was exciting. And then different people, when they sit down in between rounds, you know, you you get a different glimpse of, of kind of their personality and the like, you know, when they're actually in between rounds, his smile never stopped. Yeah, like some, like at some points it didn't look good for him, but he no. never was defeated. He was never out of it. He he but was sit, like, sitting on the stool in between rounds. I mean, smiling. He, he he's like he's almost more like counting down. Like man, I got come on, put me back in. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He had that constant, that constant yeah. head shaking. Like yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, awesome. That kid, that kid was fun to watch. Both yeah. of them were great. Tim's a great kid too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a solid, that was a solid scrap. Tim, it, Tim surprised a little bit. Huh? Me, me too. His yeah. whole team, his, well, now it's over. So fuck, we can talk about it, right? Yeah. Like, they were kind of encouraging, like maybe Tim shouldn't fight. And Mitch was pushing for it. Like, hey, man, like talking to his other coaches, like, Hey, let Tim fight, you know, like, uh, let's, let's see what he's got. You know, this, we have a, an opponent that, that, that hasn't had much training either. Let's just right. see. And both and those, kids, both those kids shine. Like you, you couldn't, there was some, I'm not gonna call any names out, of course, but there was some other fights on that card. Like I know for a fact, these motherfuckers, golly, these, these people have been training. <laughs> yeah. These people have been training for years and yeah. didn't put on the display that those kids 
who are like less than a year, those kids put on a, a good clinic. Your boy was throwing nice hand combinations, two, three shots at the time. Tim was using his range well with yep. the kick. It was like there was a lot of shit going on. It's like, yo, people that only have a year of training shouldn't be doing what they did. Like, uh, there's other guys on that card that have years of training look like shit compared to those two young kids. Well, that Alex and his crazy. brother Joseph, they're in the gym every day. Yeah, they're working. Yeah, and, and they're, they're working. They're and not just and if showing they're not, up. If they're not in they're the gym, they're working. working together. Or they're working in their garage oh, together. There. But but oh. the other part is though is and, and and this is the part I've always you know. So yeah, Alex Alex has been only trained for about three months. Okay. Now th this is one of those parts that, but like I said, that we, we we've talked about this in the past. I know you've Christian have talked about this. And we're like, look, we try to be straight up. If we say a person's only got three months experience, I they mean, only have three months. That's experience. legit. They <laughs> they truly. And if we say that, you know that that in in that private conversation that you know, look, he's only got three months, but he's a gamer. He's he's you know yeah. or. Or he's been training for a while, but you know it's, you know it it it's it's gonna you know it's not the it's not gonna be that high whatever. So we need we're looking for somebody. We're always looking, we're always looking for someone that's gonna be that equal fight or maybe a hair sure. above, because sure. ultimately speaking, I mean, who cares if you beat a bunch of you know people that shouldn't have been there in the first place? Yeah. You know, this is Amy. This is about developing. You want you yeah. want to fight that means something to the growth of the fighter in a win or a loss. You want something that, that, you know, that you can look him in the eye and say, if you do your work and if we get a good game plan and if you execute well, we can win. Yeah. But on the same token, if you don't, you can lose, you know, that, that this, this fight is potentially within the, your grasp that we can either do the work and, and execute. Obviously some, sometimes people do the work, but the execution doesn't happen. Sometimes yeah. you see people that it doesn't look like they did the work and all of a sudden come game day, you're, you're like, like, where what? the fuck did that come from? <laughs> yeah. You know, that happens too. <laughs> you know? But, but that's where ultimately say, look, I mean, cause I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, just because you do the work and you check all the boxes and, and, and you did all the, all the crazy work and everything else. It never guarantees victory. No. But, but at the end of the day, if you do win, you want to be able to look at that opponent and go, man, that fight challenged me. And my win showed me something about myself. Or in a loss, that fight challenged me and showed me something about myself. Now, if you go in there, and so uh, I don't know if you remember uh, 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 one of the old school, he was the uh, uh, extreme fighting championships uh, matchmaker. And then uh, eventually he did a brief stint as a UFC matchmaker, short lived. Um, but then he also did commentary and there were fights that would go down and the dude would get, dude would get starched in the first 10 to 15 seconds of a fight. And he goes, well, that went exactly the way I thought it would. What was that guy's name? Uh, Peretti. Peretti, yeah. Don Peretti. But Don I'm like, Peretti. holy shit. What? If you thought the fight was going to go down exactly like that, why, why would you even book that? it? Why do you even book that? I mean. He's an interesting fellow. 
uh, we're friends on Facebook, and uh, he went on a whole smear Joe Rogan campaign at one time. Oh, really? He's very interesting human. Yeah, because I, I remember those early early days yeah. of extreme fighting, and then, like I said, there was a brief stint yeah. where he was also a matchmaker and commentator for the UFC. And he was he would get he would give uh he would like give uh, uh what's his damn name Jeff Blatnick he would give Jeff Blatnick shit for not yeah. having the right terminology, and I just remember thinking, man, Blatnick should just reach over there and goozle. <laughs> Well, because like I love Reddy was actually a decent kickboxer. He he yes. wasn't a kickboxer, but uh Olympic gold medal as Jeff Blatnick could have just been like Bruh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but but it's like there's times where you'll you'll see matchups that are like that, and you're like, why sure. why why, why is a happen? dude that's like six and one going up against a dude that's like oh and two? Like it happens. I mean, it happens. At the end of the day, you you can't. I mean, you, you can. Yeah, well, you can justify anything, but it's just yeah. like sometimes. Sometimes it's injuries. Sometimes it's just like, hey, at the end of the day, this guy needs a bounce back. Yeah. What? what well, this works for me. Now, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. The only thing that sometimes, if I do a bad matchup or what looks like a bad matchup, is if I'm feeling any kind of guilt or anything, it's like, well, at the end of the day. I gave everybody the info that was necessary. Everybody's grown. We've talked to the coach. We've talked to the athlete. If you've been presented all this shit and you're like, you know what? Sign me up to get my ass kicked. That's like, okay, well, you know, you agreed to. Right, right, right. Sometimes sometimes it's necessary, but like, uh, I I don't know at that level how that was possible back then. It's just like, you have the best promotion. You should have the best fighters. Well, like, I, I found it interesting. Uh, different promotion, not combat night, different promotion. But um, we, we had a fighter who's no longer with our team. Um, he's, uh, he's now, uh, I, I guess you would call it retired. He, he, he checked it off his bucket list. He got a couple, couple good fights underneath him. He's one of those guys that he was an engineer. And uh, he was just doing it for this. One. And, and there's a lot of these people that, I mean, their life's plan is not, not to, to become a professional fighter, man. This, yeah. is, this is just stuff they enjoy. So sure. he get he gets a couple wins under his belt, and uh, and then we get an offer, and so he's he's a two and zero. Oh, he's and a white belt in jujitsu, like truly, truly a, white a white belt, belt in jujitsu. And we we get an offer for him to face a brown belt in jujitsu. He's got like a record of like six and something, and and at first we're like, nah, I don't think so. And he's um, like begging. He's begging. No, no, no. But but at first we're like, yeah, I don't think so. And it was interesting because like like shortly thereafter, you know, we're we're seeing some passive aggressive posts on, uh, you know, on 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 team. Facebook being like, this is Amy. What does a belt rank of a of a person matters? Amy, you know, things don't. Oh, it like, look, look, you know, on paper which is what we have to judge things off of originally to make our first assessment. Yes. If, if things just don't look right, I mean, then what's the point? I mean, yeah. the goal is not to have him go in there and get smashed just so that somebody else can pad their record. Mm-hmm. You know? But unfortunately, or fortunately, it was one of those though, where he puppy dog eyed us and For was like, like a week. was like, I can beat him though. I can beat him. And then Christian's giving me the, the, the guilt trip and the puppy dogs. I was like, all right, it's a, it's like Wednesday night. I said, okay, go home, 
we're not talking about it right now. And when you come back tomorrow, tell me the game plan. Tell me how you win, how you beat him. Don't not, not, I think I can tell me how, tell, you're tell me how you do. Yeah. So we all came, we all came back in and had our conversation and we were like, he had us all the game. Plan. We all had the same game plan and we're like, all right, let's go for it. And the fight fell out anyway, but uh-huh. yeah, the other guy built <laughs> after all uh, the shit talking, the other guy. Built. Um, but, <laughs> well, and like, like uh, one of our guys just got shit talked for a fight that he never even got off because of. yeah. And, and again, this is one of the reasons why I, I tell my fighters, um, I'm like, look, we are here to be your buffer. I mean, my job, my job, okay, your job as a fighter is to fight, do always the best you can. My job is if I have to, I'm the asshole. My, my job is if, if the promoter doesn't like somebody, let them not like me because you're, you're the one that's there. It's kind of like a referee. A referee's there to step in when they think the fight is getting out of hand to save a fighter. A fighter always wants to fight, okay? But a referee is there to be able to say, no, 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 this fight has gone further than it should. I'm calling the fight. You know, this guy's getting teed up or whatever. And the referee steps in and the fighter can be like, man, I was still good, but the fighters, you know, the ref stopped the fight, whatever. Okay? <laughs> I'm like, we're, we're that buffer for you. So if something comes up and gets thrown on the table that doesn't make sense, we know you're nursing an injury or we know that you're this or that, that we politely decline and say, you know, right now is not the best time for fighter X. Like, and we may not even go to you. I said, there's the one part we've told the fighters. I will never tell you, you will fight. But as the coach of the team and the like, we will say this fight does not make sense. Like, but we'll never tell you like, like I'll never come up to a fighter and be like, Hey, you're fighting you know, be ready. Like we, we always, we always talk with the fighters about their matchups and things of that nature. But like, if we, if we got a fighter that we know in training just jacked up a rib or a foot or an ankle or a knee or whatever, and somebody comes to us and is like, Hey, do you think I can get so-and-so on a card in two weeks? We're going to be looking at it going, I know last night, you know, he just popped a rib or whatever. Ain't going to happen. You know? Yeah. And so that is interesting though, because we had, we had a fighter getting called out in social media for a fight. He was screenshot and put it into our fight. He's like, what, he's the like fuck? what the fuck is going on? Why is this guy shit talking me all right. of a sudden? Because <laughs> he mean, was out with a rib injury. There was no way he was going to be fighting. And is, 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 is this something recent? I think yeah. I know you're talking a little bit more recent. Yeah. But there's a fight because he's like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, I didn't even know I got offered the fight. It's like, <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, because he's but he's he got legit injured in his last fight, and it's been taking him a little bit to get back. You know, he's not okay. he's not able to train much right now. Yeah, and, he's popped into a couple training sessions, but but that and then he has to bail early because like, oh, right. yeah, I got fuck my ribs. But yeah, the situation you're talking about. But yeah, it's been it's been interesting because he's like, he's, he's like, like, I don't even know this dude. Why is he calling me out? <laughs> he's like, call me out. I didn't even know I. There's like, I was like, dude, because again we're we're that buffer so that in an event there are there are some unscrupulous promoters out there like we're your buffer like blame me sure i mean i'm 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 a big boy i'll take that heat say my coach won't let me (laughs) i'm a a big boy that's this this is part of my job 
y'all do fantastic. I mean, I'm like, uh, I, I'm, I'm here to play the heel if I have to. I'm, I'm here to play the hero if the, if the opportunity presents itself. I'm like, but yeah. that, that's my, that's my job as coach. You yeah, know, the it's, honesty is great. The honesty is great from y'all's camps. It's, it's like, it's, and that's, it's not, it's not a pride thing. Y- y'all, y'all, y'all do. Uh, you think with your mind and act uh, accordingly. You know, you, you guys understand the game. Uh, so I definitely appreciate the honesty. Well, like we've, we've been driving, and I'm sure, I'm sure you've experienced a lot, you know, probably more than we have with a little bit more. I mean, cause I've, I've, I've worked a little bit with a couple of promotions, uh, never officially, but just helping out here and there. Um, and then obviously we, we did one of our own. Uh, we did two shows on our own through uh, Christian's origin league, but we did one fight in California um, on the Indian casino. And afterwards we're, we're at the after fight party and somebody comes up to us and goes, Hey, you guys get paid yet? And we're, we're like, like no, no, not yet. Like, they go, you better not let better. that motherfucker leave without getting your money. They're like, because if he leaves this bar, you'll never, you'll never see your money. I, <laughs> so we, so we cornered them at the, the bar. Whole team cornered him at the yeah. bar. We like, so we're like, where's our motherfucking check? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I hate to talk about him because uh, he's passed, but uh, I don't know if you're ever familiar with WEF. A lot of the UFC guys started kicking around. That was Jamie Levon, World Extreme Fighting. Okay, yeah. Yes. But uh, man, everybody came through there. But uh, yeah. he was notorious for finding the back door at the end of the night. Yeah. And we had a very similar thing. We knew this was going to happen. So we went about eight deep right to his office before the last fight was over. Yeah. It was one way in and one way out so we yeah we left with a check right away so yeah well i got to where like because uh once they legalized it in california um then we we started doing quite a few you know actual legal events um at fairgrounds and things like that now at the time period california did not recognize amateur mma so technically speaking ami if it even existed truly didn't exist you were fighting professional mma yeah all rules of the unified rules of mma no shins elbows you know yeah. all, all submissions legal you name it but you were just fighting an o and o or an o and one or whatever you were fighting a, a guy just like you um but what was interesting though was every fighter was drug tested every single one like we went to an event so in california the commission is the one holding your check. Yes. You're, they have, they have the two checks for you. The has to pay the commission. Everything yeah. up front. So they have to put a bond. They have to put a bond. They have to put a bond up. And then the commission is there physically with two checks in hand. A win and a oh, loss. Wow. Your show money and your win money. And yep. then, so they sit there and, and like there's one fighter. He just got done fighting. And he comes back and he's sitting there. He won. He's clean. No issues there. But he can't piss. You don't get your check till you clear your piss test. So yep. I mean, and this was this was an O and O fighter making a making a debut. I mean, that's how I mean, like I said, everybody got tested on that card. It didn't matter who you were, not a championship fight, not a, everybody got tested. And he sat in the back for like an hour because he could not piss. Yep. I mean I, multiple times, multiple I times. Mean, Same shit. One of one of my guys, Stephen Aiken, uh, he fought Bobby Brents. This was in uh, this was in Tampa, I think. 
Now, these heavyweights, man, they go at it, goes the distance, brutal, bloody fight. And, uh, you know, he's just exhausted, gets to the back. And like you're saying, it took, yo, that commission was so mad because they couldn't leave. Right? Yeah. And they were just yelling. They're like, all you got to do is piss in the cup or you're trying to hide something. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. Shit, dude. Like, do you know what dehydration is? Like, like no, man, because my adrenaline dump and, and the fight I just did, my body's locked up right now. I mean, he finally pisses and it's the most brown piss you've ever seen. It's not even like a shot glass full. Right. And they're just like, yeah, and they're bitching. They're like, you can't produce more pee. It's like, what are we doing? right? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Right. You could just come with a syringe and did a fucking blood test right here. Like instead of us sitting there. We probably sat around an hour and a half, two hours before yeah. he produced that. Just chugging water, yeah. the, the, the sink and, and the shower, just running, trying to convince his mind to piss. They were so mad. These, <laughs> old, these old men could not go home. It's well after midnight. Wow. They think, they think like uh, my chubby guys on cocaine or something. Like, dude, he's just, he can't piss right now. Like, right. Uh, he just fought his ass off. You know, Dude, I, I, I joke all the time. I usually have to take a piss before we walk to the cage. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like, dude, victory pisses are the best piss. <laughs> yeah. But after the fight's over, I don't got to go piss no more. I mean, yeah. I like it. Win or lose. I mean, there's times where literally if we got four guys fighting, I'll have to take a piss before the first fight. And yeah. I mean, I'll be like, my bladder's screaming, but it's we're walking in like two minutes. And I'm not, and then we'll walk to the cage. And then I, I won't take, I mean, and I'm just the coach. And I won't even have to go piss until after the last fighter's done. Yeah. You know? It's like, I, you know, and, and when you're the actual fighter, I mean, your, your body goes into that. I mean, it knows it, it, we're fighting. So right now yeah. taking the piss or shit's the least on your body's mind. I mean, it's, yeah. it's survival mode at that, at that moment. So when but, y'all are, but, when y'all are cornering guys, how, how are y'all's true feelings? Like I, I watch y'all and your demeanor and stuff like that. Like you're nice and calm, technical, but like for me personally, when it's my guy fighting, like I'm putting on oh yeah, the, great, the greatest act ever. 100%. But over there, like you're saying like, you feel like you can't piss shit. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to shit myself every time, <laughs> especially if it's a tough fight. I'm just sitting there just like, giving sound instructions off stone face, but inside or whoever's in the corner next to me, I'll look at him and be like, I fucking hate this shit. I hate this shit so bad. I was joking with the boys. I'm like, you guys are going to give me a fucking heart attack one of these days. So don't yeah. you know I have high blood pressure? You can't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I they're, they're our kids, you know, they're all of them. Well, I, I truly care <laughs> about, cause I, I know how much that fight means to yeah. them. So it means yeah. a lot to me. I, I, I tell the group quite often, like literally, I just told the group over here just the other day. I said, dude, I love training. I said, if you guys came to me tomorrow and said, coach, I don't think I want to fight anymore. Our relationship doesn't change. Yeah. If you still want to keep training hard and everything else and coming in, I'm like, to me, our relationship has no bearing and no change whether you choose to fight or you choose not to fight. I'm like, cause I love, I love every aspect about this game. I love the training aspect. I love everything else. I'm like, so literally, literally, if the team came to me tomorrow and said, I don't, I don't think we we're going to fight anymore. 
but we just want to train and everything else. I'm like, our relationship would not change at all. Yeah. We would, we would still be exactly the same people and everything else. The fact that you want to train, man, it, I, I love being there to help them out, you know, and I want that win as badly as they want that win, you know, when, when, you know, and so, like you said, I mean, inside I'm usually a wreck. I mean, my, my nerves are usually so shot, you know, going into it. Cause I, I know the work we put in, I know, I know in that moment, the, the things are saying like, like they're going into it, going, fuck my knees hurting a little bit, you know, these last week, you know, because of whatever, I mean, fuck, I woke up wrong the other day and my neck was jacked. I mean, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, yeah, it's, it's in, I mean, inside, man, I'm, I'm dying, but part of, part of the way I coach, part of the way I teach, you know, and I've had a lot of people that have come through me that I, I think liked the fact that I, I put everything on the table. I mean, I, I teach them not just the hows, but the whys. I, I love fight philosophy. I love fight history. We talk history as much as we talk philosophy, you know, and strategies and things of that nature. And then I also divulge what I think as a coach, you know, that, because you got to be careful. Some fighters, and this is why, again, it's very individual. I, I, I can't coach any fighter on the team exactly the same way. Some mm -hmm. fighters need you to be that coach. It's in their face, tough love. You got to yeah. be on them. Christian, you can't do that with. I Christian, can't do you that. You got to leave them alone. I got to, I got, gotta I, vibe I have to vibe a whole different way. And, uh, you know, so some, some you got to get in their face, some you don't. But the one thing that I found as a fairly consistent thing is if I'm nervous, how much worse do they feel? If yeah. I show them yeah. my nervousness, then they start to doubt maybe, you know, you know am, am, I, am I thinking that we're about to lose this thing? Yeah, which is not the case. My nerves have nothing to do with their win or loss. My nerves simply have to do with, I know what that fight means to them. I know how badly they want it. And in some instances, I know how badly I want it for them. You know, yep. when, when a fighter just came off of a, uh, like uh, um, Carlos Barrera, you know, shout out to Carlos. He's one of our OG fighters. You know, when, when he joined Dark Wolf, we knew him before then, Carlos was 0-3 fuck, I wanted that, I wanted that fourth fight to be different, man, yeah. the, ner the nerves I felt on that one going in, you know, was that the last minute triangle too? Yes. No, 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 no. Okay. But <laughs> I, I knew because, you know, originally he was like, man, I just love fighting. I don't care if I win or lose. And then this time he's like, he's like, I want to win. win. I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah let's, go, let's go for it. Then. You know, let's do that work. Let's get after it. You know, again, it's, it's one of those things you, you you, you got to keep coming back to it. If a fighter's not showing up and if they're not doing the work and things of that nature, you kind of lose the ability to complain about anything. Yeah. You, know, you, you got to show up. You got to do the work. You got to do everything else. And Carlos was in he's doing that work. He's putting in all that extra stuff. And I mean, going into that fight, I was like, fuck. I mean, the, the pit of my stomach just, just, you know, I knew how badly he actually wanted it this time and how badly, you know, because I mean, it's one. I'm, I'm friends with all these guys. I mean, yeah, I'm twice their age, and I'm, you know. And I, I don't know. I mean, 
I don't try to be a father figure to any of them. Um, I don't think that's, that's a role that necessarily, I mean, I try to be the best coach I can. I try to be, you know, I, I love training. So I consider myself to be one of their training partners as much as I consider myself to be one of their, you know, one of their coaches. Right. You know, Cause I, I, I love, I mean, man, I mean, I, I haven't thrown hands in, in a little while cause uh, I get headaches now from uh, you know, e- even hitting a little bit. So I haven't, I haven't thrown hands with them for a while, but I mean, I'll, I'll hop on the mat. Sure. You know, get, get any grappling sessions. You know, we want to, we want to do body shots and things of that nature. My jaw just, I, I've had my jaw partially dislocated about four or five times. And my TMJ on my left side is trash. So uh. if, if I eat a uh, tough steak, I, the, my, the muscle will start to knot up and I'll, I'll have a yeah. migraine probably later that night or early that morning, you know? Uh. So I have to kind of pick and choose what, uh, what strikes I can get into, you know, what kind of like, like boxing rounds or kickboxing rounds or the like, but I mean, you know, as a coach, I mean, I'll, I'll get in on the mats and we'll, you know, we'll throw some takedown rounds and we'll get some, some grappling rounds. I'm just limited on, on what strikes I'll do, but two years ago, I mean, I, I, I mean, fuck Christian almost knocked me out two years ago. Um, I mean, he did I, knock you out. Shut up. He <laughs> went out for a minute, a second. Hey. Damn. <laughs> you took a knee. Proud pop. That's what you claim. You say I took a knee. You just don't remember it. I know. <laughs> I felt so bad. Christian hit me with a combo at literally, I knew my eyes were open, but I was blind. Um, I literally knew my eyes were open. I, I, I could experience blinking but the room was pitch black. And then when, when everything started to come to my vision was black and white, like straight up black and white. And then my hearing was like uh, like a stereo that that's not in tune, just that white noise. And then as color popped in my vision, it was like hearing popcorn in my ears. And then, and then my hearing came back and the world came color again. Christian's checking on Christian's like, dad, you okay? I'm like, get the fuck off of me. I'm like, (laughs) you know, I didn't know what the hell was going on. You know, I just knew at that moment, somebody was all over me and I'm like shoving Christian away. I didn't know it was Christian at the time. I'm shoving him away. You know, get the fuck off of me. Things of that nature. Cause you know, fuck man. I mean, Christian and I in, in, in most of his fights, we would have probably 30 to 50 rounds of uh, boxing, kickboxing, or MMA in preparation for his fights. I mean, I probably wore as many black eyes as he did getting ready for, for his fights. Um, nice. Can't do that anymore. No, like I said, anymore. Can't I, do that uh, anymore. My, what, my, was the, uh, what was the combo that he got you with? Uh, I know the first punch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was a left hook that came in after, but I couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, as they say, it's the it's the punch you don't see that uh, that gets you, you know. Right. And I I I was I, I was pretty proud of myself too because up until that day I've never even taken a knee, um, you know. And I I've taken my lumps, I've taken my uh, I've taken my shots, things of that nature. And I mean, Melissa says I took a knee. I have to. I don't remember it. Um, I just know I wasn't actually put down, but. <laughs> But I was Please out on my feet. It. I was out on my feet. That's for sure. No, no if, ands, or buts. I was out on my feet. That's that. That was a definitive. Um, and that's that's the only time in my life of 
all the fights I've ever done, of all the sparring rounds I've ever done. And back in the day, sparring was fighting. I mean, let's be real about it. We were too dumb. We were too dumb, too high strung, too much testosterone. I used to get fight jitters going to training. I mean, uh, yeah, oh I'd be in the God. I'd be in the car going, oh fuck, I feel it in my stomach. <laughs> Dry you know? even a little, <laughs> like about to get out and get your bag out of the trunk, just kind of like, because oh. <laughs> you know, you know, you're leaving that bitch with banged up shins and a headache, sore oh, yeah. jaw, because like you said, I feel like then I'm not like that anymore. I'll be quick to to be like, yo, uh, this isn't a pissing contest. I don't need to get hurt today. Yeah. You know? Let's keep well, it like, down. I, I show the back fighters. Then, back then, it was a, fighting with pads on. It, I but still it, have a soft spot in my left shin from, uh, from, yeah. from damage probably 20 years ago. Yeah. You know? And they're like, what? I'm like, check this out. You know, and, and I could take my thumb and dig it into my shin and pull it out. It looks like my thumb is still there. I, I, mean, I can do uh, the same thing. That's funny as shit. You literally bury your finger in my skin. <laughs> it's it's disgusting. Yeah. Man, and the injuries, you just like, uh, I, I'm glad uh, these kids train a little smarter nowadays because yeah, yeah. Uh, back then it was just, I, I mean, we, we didn't talk about concussions and stuff, but I know I've had to have them, you know, because you just hear oh, about yeah. the symptoms like, needing to turn the lights off or being nauseous or, or just having a headache that makes you throw up. And, yeah. uh, and the one that, yeah, man, I used to hate this one the most is like this eye here would just uncontrollably twitch, 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 yeah. twitch, 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 twitch. And it was just the most aggravating thing in it's the world. The it literally took years for that to wear out. Melissa's got that right now. I got the whole side of this side of my face. I'm pretty sure it was from an elbow. Oh, oh shit, that's horrible. Just from jujitsu. Worst you know, part is just... everybody thinks she's oh. winking at them. <laughs> but <laughs> so I know that's an elbow. Yeah. Um, so we got class starting in about 10 minutes. Do you have uh any up and coming things you want to shout out there? Any you guys got an oh. event coming up here in a couple weeks? Oh my God! I'm waiting to hear from your son on uh, May 21st as well on one or two people's. I'll hit him up. Please do, because one yeah. of them is. Uh, it'd be nice to lock that down today. But uh, yeah, combat night. That's my life. Combat night's my life. I got a. Uh, I got a great woman. So when I'm not with her, it's just MMA. I'm not with my guys training. I you know I feel like we just sat here and bullshitted. I I thought we were gonna talk about like uh. Other things, uh, it's easy to, to talk to y'all and bullshit about martial arts, but man, combat night's what I got going constantly. That, my gym, reality martial arts, and uh, just trying to get through this crazy world. Uh, yeah. All I give a shit about anymore in this life is just putting as much good out there as possible and being as happy as possible, and that's that's all I really care about. I hear you. Um, awesome, man. We've got some great things on the horizon for combat night. I think this this year, uh, by the end of this year, people, we, there's just a lot we can't tell people, but we have some great things in the works. Yeah. And I think we're climbing. You guys are climbing. You guys are doing better. awesome. Well, you guys are definitely climbing. Some of our favorite events to to, to fight at, the 100%. So, man, we, we'd love having you guys. I, want, I did want to touch back on what I was saying earlier about how you guys uh, – I, I really appreciate your guys, Jim, specifically. You're, you're, you're in my top, top list for sure. Because appreciate that. Even, even if you're going to, you know, which, which sucks for me because it's my job, obviously, but 
even when you give me a no, I know that it's no fucking bullshit. There's a reason you're telling me no, or there's a reason you don't like a matchup. Like, and I just appreciate that. I just want to say that to you, uh, whether you cut this out or not, I'm saying to y'all, I appreciate above everything in this world, honesty. You can't get mad at honesty. Like if your kid's been training three months, your kid's been training three months. You know, if you think that this guy's too tough for your guy, then that guy's too tough for your guy. Like you being that buffer, uh, don't ever feel guilty about that. You know, like I I don't mind anything as long as it's honesty. So, and I mean, I'm speaking for Mitchell and Ramsey too. We love you guys. We love having y'all as part of the events and uh, May 21st. I hope we have several of your people on that card. Yeah, we're trying. Boy in there, that big man is uh Drew want to get that guy in there like that heavyweight pool is so shallow like uh let's get yeah. that guy going if y'all are ready to run with him <laughs> we're working on it yeah he's 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 also got work stuff and stuff so we always have to kind of sure. work around when sure. he can train and, right. and when he can be ready because sure. um, obviously we don't want to send anybody in there underprepared for sure yeah. uh yeah. well, i know what we're getting with, with a dark war fighter we know uh, they're going to be uh, skilled in every – they're going to have a little something in every facet. Yeah. And uh, we know uh, we know y'all don't fucking put people in there that don't know how to fight. Yeah. So. Our guys well, like to bang. Well, thank you, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. And li- and likewise, uh, we, we've talked about it quite a bit. I mean, as far as – We appreciate you so big we, time. We appreciate you quite a bit as well because we know that, that again, talking about honesty, we, we, we know that yeah. what, what we're getting from you – comes from a good place yeah. and yes, at bro. the same time it's it, it's honest you know again just because people tell you news you don't want to hear doesn't mean it's not coming from the right place yeah um, and that and that that's one of the things I've, I've come to really appreciate about you you know is that again you, you are extremely honest um you know and that. you know at the same time we know that when when you're feeding us information and giving us things that again, it's it's not being shined on, it's not being embellished, yeah. it's not being done in a way just to, uh, to to be beneficial for you guys. We know we know it's coming from a place of honesty. I'll and, walk and up sincerity. to the, I'll walk up to the line of uh, maybe trying to be like, come on, yeah. But, <laughs> but it's always it's always right. gonna be any info I have, I'm gonna give that. You know, if there's a surprise, it's usually not anything I'm withholding. Is it's right. been withheld yeah. from me, so we try. We try. Yeah. Man, this was fun. If y'all ever want to do it again, hit me 100%. up. 100%. We, we, we got to yes, do sir. it again. Back I, feel a little like, deeper. I feel like we have so much more to talk about. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I can talk about I feel day. like we were just, but. like, shooting this shit. Like, I was expecting, uh, you know, specific questions. Like, uh, th- this was cool, though. If y'all ever want to do it again, let me know. I'll be glad. Welcome to awesome, Submission Coalition. We pretty much just shoot the shit. <laughs> this is, oh, originally, this was going to be called Lobby Talk. Yes. Because, like, this is what we used to do, like after training. Yeah, we're sitting on the couches in, in the lobby of the gym. And, and then just... one of our students goes, "You guys should do a podcast like this." Yeah, we get into these deep, you know, uh, either philosophical or historical, you know, MMA history. Yeah, you know, because he's like an encyclopedia. Well, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm a big geek nerd, whatever, whatever you want to call it, man. I mean, I, I just, you know, this this stuff excites me, just like it excites you. You know, and when you see passion, you know, from people and stuff like that, that that is just so cool. I yeah, mean, and that that part we appreciate. Well, awesome, brother. I, definitely, let's set a set a time. You know, we'll get past a couple of these we'll fights coming up. A part and then we'll, two. we'll do it again. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. 
Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Y'all have an awesome day, man. Thank you. All right, you Thank too, you. man. Thanks. Bye-bye.